0: This is Robert Balgach and welcome to the Black Swan Secrets Podcast. Our focus here is to help you grow as a producer and as a business owner in the life insurance industry. Enjoy the ride. Disclaimer, past performance is not indicative of future results. Strategies discussed in this podcast may not be suitable for you and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Well, good morning, everybody. Today is November 15th. The year is 2022. It's great time to be alive in this crazy world. And today we have another encouraging session this time we have one of our new agents John Moncress he is uh, catching fire here a few apps in the last seven days I think he's already at uh, two for this week so Marsha is going to interview him as an agent spotlight and uh, hopefully we're going to learn a lot I know John learned a lot during this process he looks like a You know, big podcaster over there. He has all the equipment. He is ready to go. So let's see how we look in this this week so far. I think we had 16 so far on Tuesday morning. John Cranford is leading the way with three apps, 27.58. Tristan wrote two, 26.61. Jamar had three non-fatties at 17.19. John Moncrest. A nice one, 1514. Coach K wrote one for 1080. Maristella wrote one for 975. Mindy had another one, uh, actually, another two for 949. Crystal Bowden scratched for 887. Larry Johnson scratched for 885. And Erica scratched for 695. So that's where we are standing as of Tuesday morning. It's a long week today's uh is going to be really good i think those those leads got distributed to everybody i'm I still owe, owe it to a couple of people so you're going to be getting them very shortly but it's going to be showtime showtime today so Marsha, i am just uh handing this over to you and and then you and john can take over
1: okay um well good morning everybody so there you are, John. I was looking for him. Like, I, I know the microphone. I can't find him. Okay. I have found him. amidst the sea of people. So, um, John, how long have you been with us now?
2: Oh, oh, god. I think it's been oh. like July, honestly. Okay.
1: So, but when do you think you really started to kind of, you know what? Get ahead of myself. I want to know a little bit about, first off, I'm going to just ask you a crazy question. I want to know what your most unusual job was that you've ever had.
2: Um, I guess I haven't really, I, I don't feel like I've done unusual things. I've been cleaning most of my life. I started out as a housekeeper in a hospital, and that lasted almost six years. Um, until the company I worked for got fired, then I got laid off. Um,
1: <laughs> one door closes, another opens, right?
2: <laughs> yep. So from there, I went, uh, I was unemployed for a little bit, and I went to Tim Hortons. And that lasted maybe a month or two.
1: Is that a restaurant?
2: Yeah, a little coffee shop. I got cat hair in my mouth. <laughs> and then, and then I worked at Stanley Steamer on and off for about three years total, but for over like a span of five years. All right. And I left that with somebody there to start a cleaning company. Um, I was I was always I loved doing um stripping and waxing for like VCT tile. At the hospital, so I tried to do that um, commercially for myself, and they, you know, I didn't really pick up, but it, it paid bills for a while. And the person I was doing it with, he was doing more um, janitorial stuff, so he would find like a building and then he'd do the cleaning, I'd do the floors, and we had a little system. But then you don't go into business with your friends if you're ever going to go into business with a friend, uh, just Make Probably. sure you have
1: a system like Black Swan, so that yeah. there's a, a process and a procedure. That would be the way to do it if you're doing it with a friend, right?
2: Yeah, you need to work out the details beforehand because we pretty much screwed each other over at that <laughs> at that point. He he did something, and I was like, "Yeah," like it just didn't feel right to me. So I just I left, and <laughs> that was that was right before the pandemic, um, and I. I picked up a uh, pizza delivery job for a little okay. bit. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like, well, this is like the only job I that's out there now. So <laughs> I stayed well, see, there. So
1: that was a, that was a fortuitous moment. And it lets you know why you'd want to come here, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so tell me, we're going to backtrack a little bit here. Have, are You're in Michigan right now? hmm And have you been there all your life? Yeah. Okay. And would you say that um, when you're born and raised there, Mm -hmm. you've got brothers or sisters? I
2: have one sister. Okay. She's a couple years older.
1: What would you say that John was like at 14 or 15 years old? If I just took a peek back into
2: junior high high school time. Um, it was real awkward. <laughs> I didn't talk much. Um during school, I was I think it was like sixth grade. I was diagnosed with epilepsy, and that made school like real hard because the medicine makes you like just a zombie. So I slept a lot in school. Nobody really talked to me because I wasn't even awake to talk to. <laughs> And my grades were my grades were not great. I would do great like on tests, but I would never had just the motivation to go home, do homework. I was always tired, sleeping in class. But so you know I managed to pass on time. Bit. so that's what counted for me.
1: So somehow you came across insurance.
2: So right before this, I, I I was getting tired of working uh, pizza delivery. It was it was not the life for me, it's not at all. And I've always been kind of entrepreneurial. That's a hard word for me to say. Like my mom and four of her, three of her four brothers, um, all all had their own business: painting, handyman, uh, cleaning. So like that's this is what I knew from growing up and and you know, I tried to start a couple businesses. I did the cleaning one, I tried to do an Amazon one, but right before this, I was at um it was something it was something similar I was doing mobile phone sales uh for a marketing company we right. we were contracted by a t and t so i was I was one of those people in Target or Sam's Club that everybody hates with the, by the little booth just wow, waiting you people know what.
1: Our good buddy Jamar did that, and and hate seems to be a strong word. I think it's a, a you
2: know, maybe it's not hate, an opportunity but to
1: kind of mix it up with people. Everyone,
2: That's you know, they like they walk by you like this, and oh. not to look at you.
1: <laughs> I see you there.
2: <laughs> and that was I, I sucked at that job. Just first of all, I that was my first like sales experience. Stanley Steamer kind of has some sales element, but you're already in the home. It's Right there, he called
1: for you. So kind of like our job, that's what makes it better. There's a need existing already. So I can see that overlay. That's nice. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit and bring you into being with Black Swan. So you've been here since July, but you really just started to pick up traction when the ethos came out, right? Yeah. Okay. So here's my, I have a question for you what would you say was the, the thing you thought would be the easiest that was a little surprising? And what was the thing you thought would be the hardest, but once you got it, it's not so hard.
2: Um, I thought that's a tough one. Cause I thought making dials would just be a little bit easier. Like even, even my, like my first like hell week, hell week was honestly still one of my best weeks. I made, I made over 1500 dials. I sent, you know, a good amount of appointments. None of them showed up except one, but, but I mean, that's Hell Week. But then uh, I ran into this mental, uh, my mental fortuity, like keeping my mental fortuity, uh, if that's the right word. I think yeah. that's the hardest thing. There you go. Like right after Hell Week, um, one of my cats actually got eaten by a neighbor's dog. And I, like, I stopped making dials. I would, Maybe dial twice, twice well, you a week. We lost
1: a family member. That's understandable.
2: Uh... I let it go a little too long, though. And then, and then, I came into the job without a lot of money, so it was hard to not have commissions. Breath. Um, I ended up selling my car just to be like, okay, I'm, I'm good for now. I can, I can move a little more freely, figuratively, not literally. Can't move freely without a car, <laughs> but
1: um we see but you got a little bit of cash so that that shows some initiative and some desire and that's a good thing so tell me okay now we're going to fast forward to ethos you made two sales how'd that go for you
2: Um, pretty good pretty good uh the one the one i'm actually still waiting uh for foresters to approve um But it was the ethos. I was a lot more comfortable. Um, It just felt more natural um, to be able to be like, yeah, I'm from I'm from ethos. Like that's instant credibility. I'm not, you know, playing a game of tug and war kind of.
1: So that's a mental thing that worked well for you.
2: Yeah. And I've actually gone back and did B leads. And now that I know kind of in my head what I'm supposed to. It clicked. Sound. Yeah. Like the B leads, they they flow much easier. I don't mind calling them as much anymore. It's still not doing great on them, but they're they're B leads. You know, I only have maybe. You fall in love with the process, left. and what? Divorce, marry the process. Divorce the results. I think.
1: That's it, babe. <laughs> so right now, you got two under your belt. You're you're. It's starting to click you can, you can feel the momentum. Does this give you, you know, you, I know you just moved to a different house. So you've got a little bit of resources. You're getting yourself screwed up. It sounds like we're coming into a good time for you. Yeah. What's the, yeah. you mean you haven't, you've been really good about, about the training. Is there anything you do differently about the training? Like being, I mean, I think you're pretty attentive when you're with it.
2: I mean, I would go back and listen to it more if, If I were to give myself advice, I would. Because just um, probably recently in the last month or so, I've started. uh, I remember Jamar saying something about how he would just throw it on when he was doing nothing. So that's I've been going through like the Black Swan podcast. And so it'll just be my background noise. I went through um, to the Equus training. I remember Jamar said something like that. That helped me because like when I'm making when I'm setting an appointment for like B leads, you know, you got to be like the cable guy. And I kind of picture, um, <laughs> when I do it, I have like Rob Jones in the back of my head. Cause he's just got one of those, like just that sound. I was like, yeah, that's, I kind of get it now.
1: <laughs> that's good. So repetition, picking it up, doing it in the morning and the evening. Tell me what one of your goals is for the remainder of the year and what it is for like next year. Where do you want to be?
2: For the remainder of the year? I'd like to, I'd really like to be able to get uh another car, (laughs) a car back. Well, let's just Um, change
1: that. By the end of the year, I'll be getting a new car.
2: But what I what I would really like to do is um give my mom a big check for Christmas (laughs) because she's thrown so much money my way, um, just to support support me. So I'd like to just give it all back. And I know So how are
1: we gonna do that? We're gonna make dials and we're gonna but before that, don't you just love it when you can see it happening. You wake up in the morning knowing this is going to be a good day. This is the day I'm going to be protecting people, and you just go in there knowing that. And lo and behold, it happens. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then it's sure right around the corner of the next day, right? You just keep on keeping on. And if you find yourself getting down into thatville, where do you go? You do your jumping jacks. You do something to raise that level, right? Because you've got everything you need right here. Don't get stuck here, right? Now it looks like you're picking that up. That's really good. Now, does anybody else have some questions for John? He's been pretty forthcoming, letting us know what's, what's been going on. Um, I appreciate your, Oh, I see Robert. Yes.
0: So question, John, I know you mentioned you, you made 1500 dials in that first week with bonus leads. So Tell us about that process. How did you, how were you able to squeeze 1500 dials? That's a lot.
2: Um, I, I mostly, I just, I just had time. I would just, my goal pretty much was getting through at least a hundred leads a day. And I I just kept going. Um, It's actually because I did that well that's probably one of the reasons that I stuck around because even when I wasn't doing anything I'm like well I know I can do this like <laughs> I made all those dials I just need to hunker down and and get it done that's it that's
0: survival Lee.
3: good morning mr John how you doing buddy? good about yourself super great getting bed every day so so here's my question for you you, you've been plugging in for a while. We see you. You've become a pretty one of our, our, our one of our mainstays. So my question is, what do you think really got you through? All of all of that stuff you were going, through, all the adversity you was facing uh, with the mental funk, which happens for so many people. Right. When they come in, and they're expecting to do so well and they run into that brick wall. What what kept you going? What actually kept you saying, I'm going I'm to log in again. I'm going to do it again today.
2: I I really I hate quitting. <laughs> it it's it's a, it's a crappy feeling. Um the the job I had before this, I I wasn't making much money. I was on a draw. Um but I had I'd stuck around until like I made a deal with the boss like, "Hey, if you don't do this by this day, uh we're going to have to talk." And I I didn't like the weekend passed and I was like, I went in the next morning. I was like, "Well, you know, we made a deal, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to have to take my leave. And like, it, it felt so crappy because I know he wouldn't have fired me if I had shown progress. But, I, you know, I had to keep that to myself or keep that promise to myself and take responsibility um, to do that. And it's just I know that job and and this alike, I can see are the vehicle for the the future I want. It's going to take me where I need to go if I stick with it. If I leave this, then it's back to pizza delivery or something. And that's, that's not what I want. Not an option. Burning no. bridges. Burn that was actually one of the reasons I sold my car, too, because I was, I was still going back and they always need help. I would go back and make a couple bucks here and there instead of working on this. And I said, they'd always ask, too. So I said, well, I'm just going to sell my car. That'll give me money for leads. I'll have an excuse not to go not to go make some extra money somewhere else and I'll have to make it from here
3: well that's an interesting way of looking at it but hey if the shoe fits I say you put it on and walk around for a little while I mean at that time you can't drive right so <laughs> might as well so 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 last question have you purchased the slight edge
2: <laughs> actually I was going to purchase it last night or yesterday and then I couldn't find my wallet so it did, I actually Turned my computer on and the uh, checkout screen was still right there. All
3: right. So let's make that happen right man, here somewhere. The, right now, you, you said so much in, in your first uh, part of the interview with Marsha um, about your head space. And, you know, myself and Coach K, we talk so much about that personal development, that mental toughness. So I definitely want to encourage you to continue to work on, on this right here. Continue. This is where the magic happens, folks. This is where the magic actually happens. It happens between your ears. If you can fix that so much in your life, not just you, but all of you, but not right now, I'm talking to you. so much in your life can change. So, man, just, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep plugging in. You've got a family here. Obviously, you see the, the support that we provide. You're on a phenomenal team with Ms. Marsha there. Um, so all you got to do is man, just keep doing your thing. Order that book, start reading it, man, and let's make that thing happen by the first of the year. How about that? All
2: right.
1: Okay, guys, here's a hot tip. If if your budget's an issue, you get on Amazon and you click used books. And someone's going to have that book for a little bit less. You get the very best copy of that and save yourself a couple bucks. But there's no excuse. That just means you don't get your coffee or you don't get your burger out that day. You make a peanut butter jelly sandwich at home. So step it up. I say with love. <laughs> Uh, well, John, I want to thank you for taking time for the interview. I know it's time to jump on the and hear what Coach K has to say. But um, thank you, everybody.
0: That's it, John. Thank you for your time, John. And perseverance is part of the secret sauce, right? And not quitting and burning all the ships when you're about to conquer an island. Those are all key components. So keep keep grinding it and let's make it a great week, buddy. Okay, Coach K. Handing it over to you, buddy.
4: All right, we'll get rolling. So uh, I was I was messing around the other day, and I ran into uh, my my friend Dr. Seligman, right? And you guys have, may have heard me talk about this guy before, but Dr. Seligman was a guy uh, that was a professor at, or still is. At uh, University of Pennsylvania, I think it is, or UPenn, one of those. And basically, what happened in the mid '80s is MetLife, who's a very big life insurance company, hired him. And the reason they hired him is because they had huge uh, attrition rates, right, with their company. They would hire thousands of agents; half of them would be gone in the first year. And these were agents who were getting base salaries and everything like that. And so it was actually. Costing MetLife, this was like in the mid-80s, $30,000 to train these guys up. Half of them were leaving. Like, okay, so what do we do? And so he comes in there and he starts doing like some analysis on things and they start giving these guys personality tests too. And so uh, MetLife, they were giving people an aptitude test, which which was basically like a intelligence test more or less. Right. Uh, And then they, you know, had their thing. And then Dr. Seligman had his thing where he's looking at personality traits. Right. And so what they found out was there was one thing that did make a difference. Right. And that was people's optimism. Right. So they're like, well, this is interesting. They're looking at all the data and this one stuck out. Right. And so what they found was that optimistic agents, right. Outsold. Uh, everybody in their first year by 21%. And then in their second year, those same agents outsold everybody by 57%. So it compounded, right? They're like, wow, that's interesting, right? So what they did then is they're like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to just select people that are the most optimistic that we can find. They had this like small group of like 10 people. It was like not many. Now- The funny thing about that is that small group of optimistic people, none of them passed the aptitude tests. All right. None of them. All right. And you know, you know, MetLife was trying to get all these super smart people in here. And then what happened was those people basically doubled the results of the just regular optimistic people. Right. So they were outselling everybody by 88%. Right. So It's pretty crazy how that that works. And the cool thing about optimism, though, and Seligman talks about this. He's got all kinds of books on it, but he's like, it's a skill. Anyone can develop it. And I ran into, there's a guy named John Gordon, and he's got all kinds of uh, books. There's a popular one he's got called, like, The Energy Bus. And I know a lot of, like, uh, NFL teams have used that that, uh, book and everything like that. But John Gordon... A lot of people say I've met that guy before and they say he's like the most positive person you ever meet. He wasn't always like that. He actually really struggled with depression and all these things. He was pretty negative and everything like that. But he heard that, hey, you can't hold more than two different thoughts in your head. And this is true. He's like, so he's like, well, if I just walk around thinking about things I'm grateful for, then I can't rudimate on all those other things that are bugging me. So you just go out and you go for these walks and you just talk about, say out loud, all the things that he was grateful for. And then that started to turn things around. He still has to work on it all the time, right? But that's because at the end of the day, our brain, it, fear and negativity sticks out. It's just a natural way that our brain was developed over time with evolution, right? So we have to develop that optimism and everything like that. Right. So we can do it. And they've actually shown on MRIs. When you do that, and you write down the things that you're grateful for every day. I personally like writing down my wins for the day. I think that's, that's more effective for me. And um, when you do that, though, there's a part of your brain that starts to get more developed. And that part of your brain is also associated with mental toughness. Right. So optimism will also help you be tougher overall to be able to take those hits. And I was looking at some other things, too. And Seligman actually has an exercise that you can do. Right. Mm -hmm. He called it the ABCDE exercise. And I'll just walk you guys through it. Right. Um, And so A stands for adversity. Right. And so what you can do, and this exercise is you write, write it out. And these things are really effective with like performance journals. Maybe I can go through that another day, but when you actually write things out, get your thoughts out, you can start to kind of look at things and step back and you got, you got a different perspective on things, right? Um, Which is why it's important to get with your leader when you're having a hard time, because they can step back and, and see things from a bird's eye view versus you, right? But you write down what the adversity is that you're going through, okay? So that's number one. And then number two is write down the what the belief is that you have about this adversity or this hard thing you're going through, right? So you're going to write that down. And this is going to be around, you know, it could be something negative, right? So uh, maybe you're, you're not having a good time selling here. It's like, I'm just going to be a failure, all right? whatever that is. Right. But then you're going to write C is consequences. All right. So you're going to write out what the consequences of those beliefs are going to be on your life. All right. And we've talked about this before, right? The story you tell is everything that is going to shape your life. Right. And then D is dispute. Now, this is going to be where you go through. And you dispute all those negative thoughts and just go on a roll, right? Just just start writing all those things down, why this is incorrect, examples of how other people have um, gone through your adversity. You know, the thing is with humans is we think a lot of time when we're in bad times that it's it's, it's, uh, never going to end. And we also think that in good times, it's never going to end. The truth is somewhere in between, right? This too shall pass, as they say right? So you just want to stay at ed- steady Eddie, but just go through there. And I guarantee you, there's people who have gone through hard times like you probably even harder. I can almost guarantee you even harder out there, right? So write those things down. And then uh, E is at the end, that's when you just actually, you, you actually feel better when you go through that and you basically dispute all those beliefs that you have, right? And then really what I say is then take one action step immediately to go out there and do something, our business is pretty easy. Most of the time, if you just pick up the phone, you start dialing, find someone else to talk to. That starts fixing your problems immediately, right? So uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, the cool thing about Dr. Seligman is that he went in and looked at, uh, started with life insurance. And actually what they found over all different industries, though, that Optimist would outsell everybody somewhere between 20 and 40%. So, you know, being positive isn't just... Uh, focus, focus, your career probably relies on it. Right. And they've actually found with Optimus, you know, they're happier. They live longer. They make more money. Right. It's it's thing after thing. And his books really go deep into that. So um, that's it.